just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope everything is going well for you. It is Friday and we're headed into a weekend. Plenty of stuff happening this week. Seems like every time we turn around there's a new story. It's hard to keep track of all of them, but we'll do our best here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. But we're going into a weekend, so we've got that going for us. A reminder, I'm going to Savannah on Sunday. I'm going to be there till either Thursday or the following Sunday. We're not sure yet. Depends on how it all works out. I hope to get to stay down there longer, but we never know. So we'll see what happens. But as I told you before, it's not going to be like uh, uh, it was the last time I went to Savannah. I'm going to have the equipment with me. The podcast will continue. Shouldn't notice any change. Maybe a little difference in sound, but... It'll be all good. So we've got that going for us. One other thing I wanted to bring up. You'll hear this podcast today, of course, but later today I've got another podcast coming out. Now, this is a podcast I recorded yesterday. And you'll remember I got this email from a gentleman who claimed to be uh, an expert about Medicare certainly off the beaten path of what we normally talk about on the Rational Boomer podcast. But nonetheless, I was interested in Medicare because I'm about, what, two, three years away from getting Medicare. And then Medicare for all, that whole concept. And this gentleman seemed to have some pretty good insights. He's down in Kentucky. So I said, you know, maybe you should contact me and we'll do a podcast about Medicare and Medicare for all and get some insights from somebody who knows. There's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are older like me, maybe not as old as me, but Medicare is going to be an issue for them sometime in the future. And the fact is, Medicare is kind of a mystery to a lot of us. You know, we see all the commercials with J.J. Walker and Joe Namath. Hey, we'll help you get every deal you can possibly get. I never took that too seriously because those kinds of commercials don't generally lead you to um, credible people. But we talked about that as well. So I said, yeah, let me know. We'll do a podcast. Well, he contacted me yesterday and uh, he said, I'd be willing to do it. I said, let's do it today. And then he did what a lot of other people do. The last couple of people I said, well, I'll connect with you at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock or whatever it was, and we'll go ahead from there. And they'll always come back to me and say, so we're not recording yet. We're just going to talk first, right? Now we say, no, no, I'm going to contact you. We're going to turn on the recorder, and we're just going to have a conversation. We're not preparing for an interview. We're just going to have a conversation. And people are a little little concerned about that. And there's a reason why I do that. The more people have a chance to think about it and the more they have to prepare, the worse the show goes. So instead, I put them on the spot. I say, okay, we're on. Let's talk. And then the goal, my goal is just to get them in the conversation, get them to forget that we're recording this and this is 
going to be some kind of podcast. It's just a conversation. It always works out better. And frankly, with this gentleman, Brian Malloy from Bowling Green, Kentucky, the Medicare expert, the show went really well, really well. So if you have an interest, um, if not already, sometime shortly, that podcast will come available too. So by all means, check it out. And if you have any questions about Medicare, he's giving his email and you can contact him directly. He'll give it to you in the show and it's also in the, the notes of the podcast so you can grab it there. So anyway, that's coming up. Be looking for that. One thing I wanted to mention, you know, I've been watching TikTok. I watch a lot of TikToks because it gives me ideas and I can see what everybody's doing. But last night I was watching TikToks and it seemed like everyone I came across was telling us about an impending disaster or doom in the not so distant future. Everything's changing. The economy's going to crash. Volcanoes are going to blow up. A few people even said, well, September 24th, that's the day when shit is going to go down. And, you know, I get very annoyed by these people. I don't know why they do it, but whenever I see these things, I kind of uh, just say, oh, fuck myself. Because they're never right. It never happens. Anybody... Uh, counting on impending doom or the end of the world is always wrong. And they've been wrong for centuries. People do it over and over again. And still people get sucked into it and listen to them and like it and follow them and all that shit. And it's just a fucking ploy. It's just a ploy to get you to follow them. I get so annoyed about it. We have so much negativity going on in this country. We don't need people coming up with this bullshit. I'd like to talk to one of these clowns, too, that says, oh, definitely, something's going to happen. We don't know what it is, but something's going to happen. Well, how do you fucking know? Did the guy working down at Dunkin' Donuts tell you? Did God call you up in the middle of the night and say, listen, man, you're nobody, but I'm going to tell you this so you can spread the word? You don't spread the word with some guy nobody knows. You go to somebody who has a great platform and tell them and let them tell it. It's all bullshit. Don't listen to it. It's annoying. Now, just my luck, something bad will happen on the 24th, and I'll look fucking stupid. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I just get annoyed when people do this clickbait stuff on TikTok. I like the people who have something to say, say it, and it's done. No Two parts, three parts, no tricky little thing that makes you think but doesn't give you any resolution to it. That's the one thing you'll notice with my podcasts. They're pretty well, or not podcasts, TikToks, pretty well self-contained. They're like a, a news story package. They start, they have a middle, they have an end, and it's done. Once you've heard it all, you've heard the whole idea. You don't have to wait around for a second fucking version of it or anything like that. I I don't get why people do that. For me, I usually go past them, sometimes even block them if they annoy me enough. Anyhow, let's talk about what's going on in the world. There's some pretty serious shit going on in the world. Now, you no doubt heard about this impending railroad strike. 
Now, if you're like me, you didn't really pay much attention to it. You think, how does that affect me? That doesn't fucking affect me. I, you know, there's other shit to worry about. But it turns out that possible strike could have been disastrous for this country. What I didn't think about is that just about anything that's bought or sold in this country is moved by trains. New cars, car parts, um, all kinds of different products, energy, gasoline, all kinds of things. And if that stops, that's going to cause some huge problems in this country. I mean, you talk about inflation or supply chain. You shut down the railroads, that supply chain's going to go to shit like it did during the pandemic, and inflation is going to go sky high. It's the old supply and demand thing. You got a lot of demand for a product, but you don't have enough product. So what happens? The price of the product goes way up. So anyway, that was a big concern, and there are a lot of people that were upset about the prospect of that happening. But never fear, Joe Biden is here. And I will tell you, Joe Biden needs some of the credit for this, and the Democrats for that matter. You had the railroad organizations, and you had the employees at an impasse. And it was about money to a certain extent, but what it was really about was time off. They work these people to the bone, 70 hours a week. They need to get off and go to the doctor. They can't even do that without getting penalized. Well, that's fucking ridiculous. That's like being an indentured slave, and that should not be happening. So there were butting heads about this, and I'm sure the railroad industry is struggling with the same thing other industries are struggling with, that they don't have enough employees. But too bad, you don't get to treat people inhumanely. Well, fortunately, uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats were kind of an intermediary between these two groups, and they came up with a resolution. They came up with an agreement. So the strike that was supposed to happen today will not happen. People in the railroad industry, people in all these other industries are breathing a sigh of relief because this could have been disastrous. And Joe Biden needs credit for this. You know, I will talk to Republicans from time to time and they will say, what has Joe Biden ever done? Well, let's take a look. He got the COVID relief bill passed, $1,400 in each of our pockets. It helped when it was really needed. The infrastructure bill. Now, Republicans and Democrats have been talking about this for decades. This needed to be done 30 years ago. But nobody could get it done. But Joe Biden got it done. Then there's the CHIP Act, allowing this country to make chips for computers, which is going to help out a lot. There's a lot of cars that couldn't be sold because China was way behind on creating these chips. So why leave it in China's hands? Why not do it right here? We're certainly capable, and uh, Joe Biden made that possible. The PACT Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, and now he's helped to avert a railroad strike that could have caused some serious problems in this country. So if you're asking me what Joe Biden has done, well, the fact of the matter is Joe Biden's probably done more legislatively than any other president in history. So now what do you got? What did Donald Trump do? 
Well, I'll tell you what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump gave $2 trillion to rich people who didn't need it. And he got it from the hard work and sweat of the middle class. He did that. He also was part and parcel to an attempt of a coup in this country, trying to overthrow our very own government. And if that weren't enough, he goes and steals top-secret documents and seemingly distributes them to adversarial and enemy countries. So you take those two examples. Who would you rather have as president? Who's actually acting like a president? That would be Joe Biden. Donald Trump is acting like a criminal. So you Republicans, if there should be any out there listening, you want to know what Joe Biden has done? Just fucking told you. As compared to what your Lord and Savior has done? Just fucking told you. Republicans, Donald Trump, the Donald Trump administration, the Republican Congress, they're all fucking losers. They don't do anything. They don't stand for anything. All they stand for is two things. They stand for giving rich people money and owning the libtards. Oh, they love to own the libtards. You would think they'd have more important things to do, but no. They're all about owning the libtards, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, I get a lot of people asking me, why isn't the DOJ just going after Donald Trump and taking him down? If he's this dangerous and he's caused this many problems, anybody else would be jailed by this point and taken out of the equation. But why aren't they doing it to him? Well, one one reason is they have to be more careful because he is a former president. As sickening as that is to say, that is true. But I think the bigger reason why they're not just flat out taking him down yet is because they aren't sure that they have all the documents, all the top secret documents as yet. We know that there's likely more. We know that there were were, um, um, folders, top secret folders that were empty. So where is that stuff? We also heard about Donald Trump after hearing from the National Archives moving boxes from Mar-a-Lago to Bedminster. So there might be some of these documents in other parts of the country and other properties owned by Donald Trump. So you would think that's all the more reason to take him down now, go search those places. And yes, they should should go search these places and find what they can find. But they have to be careful because Donald Trump is a scurrilous motherfucker. There is no question about it. And here's what could happen. If he still has some of these documents and they go to take them down, then the shit starts. Donald Trump is not above this. In fact, I would expect it out of him. If he gets taken down and he's got nowhere to turn, he's going to flail and he's going to burn every bridge and scorch every inch of earth. Which means he's going to take whatever documents he still has and expose it or do something horrible with it. So they're just trying to be cautious to make sure they have everything. And then they're going to take him down. You see, you don't want to stir it up and risk some serious top secret documents used against the government or exposed or handed off to some some country 
or just have Donald Trump stand on his desk and say, look, I got these documents. You don't fucking leave me alone. I'm going to do some shit. He's not above that. He's not above that at all. And we can expect him to do something. So that's probably why they haven't taken him down hard yet. I still think that's coming pretty soon. I don't necessarily think that they'll wait till before the uh, midterms because he's not on the ballot. And this is very highly problematic for this country. All right. A Brooklyn-based federal judge was selected on Thursday to serve as an independent arbiter to review materials seized in the FBI search of former President Donald Trump's Florida home. We're talking about a special master, the special master that Donald Trump's lawyers wanted, and this fucking dipshit judge, Aileen Cannon, agreed to have. Now, the special master will be senior judge Raymond Deary. I've seen his picture. This is an old motherfucker who was put forward as a possible candidate for the special master role by Trump, who had sued in court to obtain the review. The Justice Department also endorsed Deary's appointment. So he was kind of a shoe-in at this point. Now, what you have to understand about Deary is he was appointed, I think, by Ronald Reagan. I mean, he's an old guy, but he's a legitimate judge, and theoretically, he knows something about what he's dealing with. He's dealt with uh, national security before. He will also know that the judge that gave him this job doesn't know fuck all about fuck all. U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon also rejected the Justice Department's bid to resume its criminal investigation into classified documents seized at Mar-a-Lago last month. The denial sets the stage for the department's dispute with Trump over the search to move quickly to an appeals court and potentially the U.S. Supreme Court. The thing about it is... um, The Department of Justice gave this woman an out. She fucked up when she made her first decision. She got a lot of kickback. But she didn't take that out. She just doubled down, as Trump LaFucks tend to do. She doubled down and said, uh, yeah, you know, how do I know all these documents are classified? Well, because they say fucking classified on them. They came out of the White House. She has done everything to side with Donald Trump. And I got to believe it's going to get her in trouble. What she's doing is tantamount to obstructing justice. I mean, a federal judge is obstructing justice. They'll probably work their way through this. But trust me, it's going to come back to haunt her. She's going to pay a price for this thing. So the natural reaction, there's two reactions that the DOJ can make. They could say, okay, let's let the special master do this and hopefully he gets through it quickly. She's given him till November 30th, which is past the midterms, which she probably meant to do given she's a Donald Trump sycophant. Or they can appeal it to a higher court, the 11th Circuit, which is also conservative, but at least they're legitimate judges. Now, if they go through the special master, 
and the special master does what he's supposed to do and says, yeah, this is bullshit, fuck it. Then what's going to happen is Donald Trump and his fucking band of merry lawyers will then appeal that and take it to the 11th Circuit. They'll probably lose there and then go to the Supreme Court. So why take that extra process? Why not have the um, Department of Justice take it to the 11th Circuit, appeal it, and get it overturned? It may still go to the Supreme Court, um, but it'll take some of the power out of the trump base. So it's hard to say exactly what they're going to do, but the fact is they will probably go to um, the federal court and ask for emergency stay to stay what this woman decided. And then they'll work on the, uh, the appeal, which will probably go out early next week, and then it will be appealed and will go through the process. The only thing about an appeal, it can take a long time. So do you go with the special master and take a risk? Or do you just appeal it? Like I said, if you go with the special master and the master finds against Donald Trump and his lawyers, they're just going to appeal it anyway. So the DOJ might as well appeal it, take control, and run it through the process. Or you know what? You know what um, Merrick Garland could do? I mean, this was such, such a shitty decision. This has to piss off Merrick Garland. I mean, remember, he is a judge. He knows what the fuck is up. He knows how badly this woman is fucking up. So another option might be just to indict Donald Trump for something else or for this or whatever. They already have evidence. I mean, he waited a month before he said he wanted a special master. They went through a lot of this stuff, if not all of it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. An intelligence community review of the documents has been paused since last week when Cannon ordered the criminal investigation to stop for the moment. DOJ says the two reviews cannot be separated and plans to appeal, as I've said. Cannon gave the special master a deadline of November 30th to finish his review of potentially privileged documents. The schedule puts the review ending after the midterm congressional elections, essentially guaranteeing the Mar-a-Lago investigation will move slowly for the next two months unless a higher court steps in. Deary sits on the district court for the Eastern District of Brooklyn, where he has taken senior status, meaning his workload has been lightened significantly as he nears the end of his time on the federal bench. He was appointed as a judge by Ronald Reagan in 1986 and was for a time the chief judge of the Brooklyn-based district court. He also served a seven-year term, including 2019 on the U.S. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. So he knows a little bit about national security. The department's process for securing FISA warrants for Page was riddled with errors. And Deary was one of the judges who approved one of the Justice Department's requests to surveil former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor Carter Page as part of the federal inquiry into the Russia 2016 interference. So he already found against a a Trump acolyte. 
Trump has railed against how the FISA warrants against Page were obtained, making his recommendation of Deary to review a Mar-a-Lago search notable. Legal observers across the ideological spectrum, including vocal Trump critics, also back the choice. Now, in her ruling rejecting the Justice Department's bid to resume the criminal probe, Cannon said she was unconvinced that pausing the criminal investigation's review of the documents would cause irreparable harm. Now, see, this this is the fucking ignorance. As long as these top-secret documents are out there, and we know that Donald Trump probably still has some more, there is plenty of harm that can be done to this country. Is she just oblivious? Does she not understand how dangerous it is? Or is she purposely being a sycophant for Donald Trump? Either way, she's incompetent. And after this is all said and done, you got to believe that there's got to be something that's going to come back on this woman. She has no business being a judge. Even if we get through this and all goes okay, we got to remember, she's sitting on this court. And what other shitty decisions might she make? Well, she's likely to make a lot of shitty decisions. And it's a little troubling. It's a, very troubling. I hope to God that somehow Merrick Garland um, is a, has a way to do something with this woman. She is a problem for this country, our judicial system. She's a horrible judge. She's not a very bright woman, and she's compromised. She's biased toward Donald Trump. Now, Trump, in his filings in the special master case, argued that his constitutional rights had been trampled upon with the August 8th search, though Cannon herself had previously said she did not agree that the uh, judicially authorized search amounted to callous disregard for the former president's right. According to her order on September 5th, initially granting Trump's request for a special master review, Canada decided it was necessary to bolster public trust in the search, and because Trump, as a former president, faced increased risk of yet reputational harm if an indictment was wrongly brought against him. Yeah. We're worried about Donald Trump's reputation. That motherfucker has a horrible reputation. This can't make it any worse. He's going to get an indictment one way or another, so that's not a thing here. Trump claimed on Hugh Hewitt's radio show Thursday that he declassified the government records that were taken to Mar-a-Lago, but that's not an argument that he's made in any legal setting. He says that on radio shows, but in the in the um, motions that his lawyers send in, they don't say it's declassified, and there's a very good reason for that. They weren't declassified. There is a process which he did not do. If the lawyers put that in a motion, they are they are potentially going to be implicated for perjury. So he keeps talking the shit trying to control the narrative, saying things that are a lie, but not once have they put that in the motions. Cannon's order on Thursday also raised doubts all the documents with classification markings were actually classified. What the fuck does that mean? If they say they're classified, but she's saying she's not sure if they're classified, is she saying that she believes Donald Trump could have declassified them? 
Well, let's be honest. If you're going to declassify a document, you have to notify the person who wrote the document. That was never done. These classified documents have to be stamped declassified. You can't just wave your hands over them and say they're magically declassified. Donald Trump keeps saying that, but that's not the case. And even his judges won't, or <clears throat> lawyers won't say that because then it would be perjury. This is what Donald Trump has done for six years. He's lied, and he decides that the more he lies, the louder he gets. Eventually, people will believe it. And sadly, to a certain extent, that's true. A lot of these little Trumplefucks believe whatever they heard. You remember Brian the Trumplefuck on the podcast. He's spewing out information that we all know is a fucking lie, but somehow, someway, he doesn't realize it. There are a lot of people out there like Brian the Trumplefuck, and it's a sad thing. Fortunately, there's not enough to win any elections. Now, the court does not find it appropriate to accept the government's conclusion on these important and disputed issues without further review by a neutral third party in an expedited and orderly fashion. Well, November 30th, anyway. She said, referring to the Justice Department's assertion that the documents are presumably classified and that Trump could not possibly have a possessory interest in any of them. That's just fucking common sense. But apparently this judge is incapable of using common sense. She's either an idiot or a shill for Donald Trump. And either way, this kind of activity undermines the rule of law. Which is ironic because she's a judge. And if she's undermining rule of law, she needs to be banished from a courtroom. She is dangerous, not only in this situation, but future situations that might arise. I have a feeling that Merrick Garland's going to be pissed today. He's going to go ask for the stay. He's going to go work on a uh, uh, um, an appeal. And hopefully he's got some other tricks up his sleeves to deal with this judge because this judge needs to be accountable for this horrific judicial effort. It's not even judicial. It's fucking bullshit. She's showing her ignorance. She's showing her bias. And she is a joke of a judge. And it's not just me saying it. There's judges and lawyers all over the country saying it. I mean, even if they support Donald Trump, they can look at this and say, what the fuck? This isn't real. This isn't a thing. So we'll see if today Merrick Garland does something headed toward an appeal. He could also say, well, let the special master do it, but it's still going to end up in an appeal because there's no way the special master is going to side with Donald Trump. It's a fucking mess, and it's what you'd expect out of Donald Trump. It's time to start cracking down a little bit and taking away any power that Donald Trump thinks he has. All right, we will take a quick break, and we will be right back. So while on the Hugh Hewitt show, Donald Trump was flapping his lips again, saying some fucked up shit. I guess that's not a surprise to any of us. 
Donald Trump said Thursday that Americans will not stand for indictments against him regarding top-secret documents he took from the White House and ominously warned criminal charges could trigger bigger problems never before seen. That's so Donald Trump, isn't it? What's he doing there? Well, he's doing exactly what he did on January 6th. He isn't going to get what he wants, and he doesn't have any other options. So what does he do? He tries to incite the trump to get out there and do something, to start some violence, to try to overthrow the government, to forcefully get Donald Trump what he wants. That's his only option right now. Unfortunately, that's not going to work. Trump also declared that he issued a standing order to declassify everything he took from the White House. It's a resurrected claim that even his attorneys haven't presented in court filings, and one contradicted by several Trump administration officials. It's not true, but it doesn't matter because Donald Trump has no relationship with the truth. Ask about possible indictments related to the several boxes of White House documents, including classified and even top-secret files stashed at Mar-a-Lago. Trump repeatedly told conservative radio host Hugh Hewitt on his program that Americans won't stand for it and that any charges would trigger problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen before. He always uses terms like that. He can't be specific. This guy is one of the most inarticulate motherfuckers I've ever seen. And for him to be on TV, let alone be a president of the United States, is embarrassing to this country. When Hewitt asked him to detail what kind of problems Trump responded, I think they'd have Big problems, big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it, he added, referring to the public. They will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes. You see, he won't say anything specific. That's how Donald Trump talks. He doesn't get specific. He insinuates. He also tries to incite. He doesn't want to say what's going to go on, but he the people, the Trumplefucks, know exactly what he means and exactly what he's saying, and he hopes they step up and take action. But as I've told you before, these people are bullies and they are cowards. So when it comes to try to mount a big attack against the Capitol, the FBI, other politicians, it's not going to happen because they don't have the protection they once had. They are going to be mowed down like a million Ashley Babbitts. So they aren't going to fuck around and find out. You might get a crazy one here or there, but the whole groups, the things we saw on January 6th, we won't see that again until such time that Donald Trump is president. And since that's never going to happen, we will never see it again. These people will flap their lips. They will try to intimidate. They will try to bully, but they are fucking cowards. They know they can't win. When Hewitt pointed out that the comments could be interpreted as an incitement to violence, Trump replied, That's not inciting. Yeah, it is, Don, you dumb fuck. I'm just saying what my opinion is. And your opinion is that you want to incite these motherfuckers. I don't think the people of this country would stand for it. He's not saying, No, I don't want violence. He's just saying, I'm just saying the truth, and if the people want to get violent, that's fine. In any case, even if he is indicted, Trump emphasized, it would not stop him from running for the presidency in 2024. 
if a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running, Trump told Hewitt, though he did not say he will run. Hewitt also noted that the Trump ally and former Pentagon Chief of Staff Cash Patel said he witnessed Trump giving verbal orders to declassify the papers that ended up at Mar-a-Lago. Well, Cash, if you seem so confident, if you seem so positive, it's one thing to say it in the newspapers or on television. Go to the January 6th committee or the DOJ and do it under oath. Then we'll see how truthful you are. He won't do that until he's forced, and I have a feeling the DOJ, at some point in the not-too-distant future, will force him to do so. Do you remember making those orders, Hewitt asked Trump? That's correct, the former president responded. Not only that, I think it was other people also were there. Trump also insisted he has the absolute right to declassify absolute. Though Patel has backed Trump's claims of issuing a standing order to declassify documents the former president took from the White House, it has not been asserted in court documents by Trump's lawyers. Patel appears to be the only one other than Trump who has insisted such an order existed. CNN spoke last month with 18 White House officials in Trump's administration who all said they never heard of any such order. Now, Trump's former National Security Advisor John Bolton and his former White House Chief of Staff John Kelly also said they never heard of any standing order concerning declassification, though they should have known if it existed. Nothing approaching an order that foolish was ever given, Kelly told CNN. Bolton told the New York Times last month that Trump's claim about declassifying documents is almost certainly a lie. Wow, you think? If he, Trump, were to say something like that, you would have to memorialize that, write it down so that the people would know it existed, and it would then be subject to public record request, he noted. Trump's attorneys have argued that the president's have the power to declassify documents, and that some files confiscated by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago may no longer be classified, but they haven't argued that Trump ordered the documents declassified. See, they're saying they might not be classified, but we're not saying that Donald Trump declassified them because that would be a lie, and these fucking lawyers that already have problems would have even more problems. The former president seeks to raise questions about classification status on the records, but hasn't asserted to the court nor provided any evidence that they were declassified, Justice Department attorneys argued in court in a filing this week. See, this is a standard practice with Donald Trump. He just throws shit out to cause confusion, hopefully to buy time or maybe able to slip something in. This is what he's done. And it's one thing to do it when you're a president of the United States. But when you're a twice impeached former president who's under investigation is likely to be indicted, Somehow you don't have the power you once had. And to be perfectly honest, whether those things were classified or declassified makes no difference. The fact that he had possession of them and they are the kind of documents that they are, that is illegal. It doesn't matter if he declassified them. There are some documents he just can't declassify, certainly not without uh, some other people involved. 
it's a flat-out lie. To give him any credit that there's any basis to what he's saying is fucking crazy. Presidents have the power to declassify information, but must follow a process. Two years ago, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit flatly stated that declassification, even by the president, must follow established procedures. Declassification cannot be done in secret. Former Obama Administration Homeland Security Secretary um, Johnson called such a concept laughable since part and parcel of any act of the declassification is communicating that act to all others who possess the same information, not to mention the guy or the gal who wrote it. So it didn't happen. He didn't declassify anything. It didn't even occur to him to classify anything until he got caught. If he had this stuff hidden and he thought he got away with stealing it, why would he have to go through the process of declassifying it? He wouldn't. It wasn't until he got caught that he said it was declassified. And this is classic Donald Trump. Get caught for doing something stupid, as he always does, and then pull something out of your ass to try to cover. Well, this time it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Well, Joe Biden the last year or so has been having trouble with the polls. In spite of all that he's done, in spite of how the economy's gone, uh, Joe Biden's polling numbers have been really low. Nobody can even explain why that happens. However, President Joe Biden's popularity improved substantially from his lowest point this summer, but concerns about his handling of the economy persist, according to a poll from the Associated Press, NORC, Center for Public Affairs Research. Support for Biden recovered from a low of 36% in July to now 45%. That is significant. And a lot of that can be attributed to what he's accomplished while he's been in office for two years. Um it also has a lot to do with overturning Roe v. Wade, trying to codify it. He, a lot of people support Roe v. Wade, of course, and they want to be able to be put in a position to codify it, and they have to support Joe Biden to do that. Now you throw in this latest effort to mediate and successfully stop a potential strike in the railroad business is immense. It's huge. I've seen people interviewed that are in the industry that were crying and thankful for Joe Biden doing this because it would have destroyed their lives. More importantly, it would have probably devastated this country. And thankfully, that's not going to be a problem. And a lot of that can be attributed to Joe Biden, something Donald Trump never did. Donald Trump and the Republicans don't do anything. All they do is send money to rich people and try to own the libtards. That's all they care about. They don't care about you. They don't care about this country. Just two months before the November midterm election, during a few bleak summer months when the gasoline prices peaked and lawmakers appeared to be deadlocked, the Democrats faced the possibility of a blowout loss against the Republicans. Yeah, everybody kept saying that, but if... I hope you'll all remember that I said it wouldn't happen. 
Their outlook appears better after notching a string of legislative successes that left more Americans ready to judge the Democratic president on his preferred terms. Don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. The president's approval rating remains underwater with 53% of U.S. adults disapproving of him and the economy continues to be a weakness for Biden. Just 38% approve of his economic leadership as the country faces stubbornly high inflation and Republicans try to make household finances the axis of the upcoming vote. Yeah, they want to make the economy and inflation a part of their message going into the midterms. But Donald Trump isn't happy. He says, let's make it all about me. And the fact of the matter is, they made it all about him in 2020. They got their asses kicked. They don't want it to be all about Donald Trump in 2022, but they're too chicken to fight against him. So they're going to be caught up with the same problem. Still, the poll suggests Biden and his fellow Democrats are gaining momentum right as generating voter enthusiasm and turnout takes precedence. Average gas prices have tumbled 26% since June to 3.71 a gallon, reducing the pressure somewhat on family budgets, even if inflation remains high. Congress also passed a pair of landmark bills in the past month that could reshape the economy and reduce carbon emissions. Republicans have also faced resistance since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and its abortion protections, and Biden is openly casting former President Donald Trump as a fundamental threat to democracy, a charge that took on the resonance after an FBI search of Trump's Florida home classified documents that belonged to the U.S. government were pulled out of that. So the combination of factors has won Biden some plaudits among the Democratic faithful, even if Americans still feel lukewarm about his leadership. But here's the thing. You know what the Republicans are doing. Over and above whether whether Joe Biden is successful or not, people have to be looking at the Republicans They are the ones responsible for overturning Roe v. Wade. That should be enough to get these Republicans wiped out. This is taking a constitutional right away from 50% of this country, all women. Then you throw in the fact that 73% of this support Roe v. Wade. So we're talking not only women, we're talking about men, both Democratic and Republican. It's just not a winning combination. And to make it even worse, then you have Lindsey Graham coming out and said, yeah, we're going to make it a national bill. This is not working for them. It's hurting them every time they open their fucking mouth. Biden's approval rating didn't exceed 40 percent in May, June or July as inflation surged in the aftermath of the Russia invading Ukraine. But his string of wins over the past month continued on Thursday after the poll was conducted when he announced a tentative deal between railways and unions that avoided a strike that could have shut down the railways and devastated our entire economy. The president's rating now is similar to what it was throughout the first quarter of the year, but he continues to fall short of early highs. His average approval rating in APAC-NORC polling through the first six months of his term was 60%. 
Now, driving the recent increase in Biden's popularity is renewed support among Democrats, which shown signs of dejection in the early summer. And, you know, I've said this all along. Things will happen. Things will change. And they are. Things are going the way of the Democrats. We've got the January 6th hearings coming up this month. The first one on September 28th will take us into October, walking us right up to the midterms on November 8th. We've got other investigations regarding the documents, regarding Georgia, regarding New York. There's a lot of things going badly here. One thing about the January 6th hearings, they say they're going to talk about the people who facilitated these this insurrection and also funded it. So in these particular hearings, we're going to hear a lot about people of note that we haven't heard about yet, but we know are involved. We're talking about people like Jenny Thomas, Mark Meadows. We're talking about sitting members of Congress, Paul Gozar, Lauren Boebert, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all those people. This is going to expose a lot of people for the criminality that they they were involved in. I was talking to Brian, the guy you'll hear in the Medicare, and after we went off the air, we were talking about politics generally. And as I sat there talking to him, I said, listen, man, you should come back on. We'll just talk about politics and not Medicare this time. So that's probably going to happen sometime soon. And I think you'll like him. He's a very smart, insightful, articulate man. And I think he has a lot to say. And I would love to have him back on the show uh, talking about Medicare again, if people want to hear that. But uh, if nothing else, his personal political perception because I think he has some good insights and some good instincts about what's going on. He and I probably don't agree on everything, but that's okay. You don't have to agree with everything I say. That doesn't hurt my feelings. That's not going to cause me to get angry with you. I'm all for hearing uh, contrary ideas to what I'm thinking. Because I know I can be wrong at times. I have been wrong. My wife points it out all the time. That's her job. Finding out that I'm wrong doesn't hurt my feelings or my ego. If someone points out I'm wrong and I can see it, I'm thankful for that. I don't want to keep perpetuating something wrong, something that's not real. And if I can see how it's not right or how it's not real, then I can step back, adjust, and change my perspective, my perception. So, If you're one of those people that listen to the Rational Boomer podcast and say, I'd like to go on, but I'm probably going to disagree with Mike, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, I had Brian the Trumplefuck on. I held back with that guy partially because I felt sorry for him because he was kind of weak. And I knew he was weak coming on, but I thought, what the hell? But... Even if you want to debate me on something or say I'm wrong about something, that's great. That actually makes for a good show. So don't hesitate if you want to disagree with me. I'm not going to blow you out of the water if you do that. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Now, if you're still wrong, I'll tell you why you're wrong. But if you're right, I'll accept that. All right. California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom is urging Attorney General Merrick Garland to investigate possible criminal or civil violations of federal law, including 
possible kidnapping or RICO charges after Florida and Texas shipped thousands of undocumented immigrants across state lines to states like Massachusetts, New York, and Washington, D.C. Now, you know what I'm talking about. It goes back to what I said before. The Republicans like nothing more. Their only focus is to own the libs. So what uh, Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis decided to do is, we'll own the libs. All these illegal aliens coming across, we'll put them on buses or planes and send them to the sanctuary cities. They sent them to Martha's Vineyard. They sent some to the front steps of Kamala Harris's home. Yeah, we'll show them. We'll own the libtars. But here's the problem. What they did is illegal. Highly illegal. Could be kidnapping. Could be RICO. Could be human trafficking. I don't think that uh, Abbott and DeSantis ever thought that. They never think of these things. They think, I can do anything I want because I'm governor. I must be all-powerful. But they can break the law, too. And I'm betting that both these fucks are going to be found breaking the law in any numbers of ways. So, there are people out looking for um, the possibility of the Attorney General going after these pieces of shit. And let's hope that they do. Because, you know, the thing about it is, is these people are humans, whether they are illegal immigrants or legal immigrants, they are still people. And they basically lied to these people. They lied to where they were sending them. They told them that there would be all kinds of jobs. And it was a flat-out lie. Now, when they got to uh, Martha's Vineyard, I will say that the folks in Martha's Vineyard were very good. And uh, they took care of these people. They found them places to stay. They fed them. And that's how people should act in this country. Apparently in Florida and Texas, you have different ideas. Now, Florida GOP Governor Ron DeSantis facing a heated re-election race in November against Democrat Charlie Chris proudly took credit for it. He says, yeah, I did that. Uh, He'll regret that. Thursday for the two planes filled with the undocumented immigrants flown to the tiny island of Martha's Vineyard weeks after Fox News' Tucker Carlson made the suggestion. Residents, elected officials, and church volunteers welcomed them with open arms despite having received no notice and having no facilities to set up and accept them. I strongly urge the U.S. Department of Justice to open an investigation into possible criminal or civil violations of federal law based on this alleged fraudulent scheme. And it was fraudulent. He lied. They both lied to these people. In particular, I urge U.S. DOJ to investigate whether the alleged fraudulent inducement would support charges of kidnapping under relevant state laws, which could serve as a predicate offense for charges under the Racketeering Influence and Corruption Organization, RICO, provisions of the Organized Crime Control Act of 1970. This is something... uh, That could be very serious. This is a mistake that they're probably going to regret. And if nothing else, this is not going to help them in the midterms. 
I mean, let's be honest, the Republicans are alienating every possible group of people in this country. Women, men who support Roe v. Wade, people of color, they're suppressing votes. They are trying to, once again, outlaw LGBTQ people. And they're dealing with these illegal immigrants or undocumented immigrants. They treat them like animals. They're swooping them up, putting them on buses and planes, sending them someplace they have no idea where they're going, and then lying that they'll have jobs. And these poor people are sent away and left abandoned someplace on a fucking sidewalk. Well, that is... That is unacceptable. That is not how good people treat other people, regardless of their immigration status. You don't fucking do that. But apparently the Republicans do. Apparently Ron DeSantis and Gregory Abbott do. Now, the vast majority of people who see this happening will be against it. They will be appalled by it. And guess what? They're not going to vote for Greg Abbott or Ron DeSantis. They may not even vote Republican at all because of this thing. Mitch McConnell has, ha- has to be having fits. He's very, he's very specific on trying to run the Senate and the Republicans so they get reelected. They overturned Roe v. Wade prior to the midterms. Big mistake. As things are settling down a little bit, then in comes Lindsey Graham bringing up a national ban on abortion. That fucks him over again. Mitch is not happy about that. Fact is, half of the Republican Party are not happy about that. And that's a smart move, given how many people support Roe v. Wade. And now you do this. Both these governors are up for re-election. Beto O'Rourke going up against Greg Abbott in Texas just got a gift because Greg, Greg Abbott couldn't look any worse in this situation. And then in the Florida side of things, you've got Charlie Crist against Ron DeSantis for the governorship. And he couldn't have gotten a better gift if... If uh, DeSantis just handed him the fucking election. DeSantis fucked himself on this thing. He thought he was smarter than everybody else. He thought he would be clever. And his only focus is on owning the libtards. Well, this is a big mistake. A mistake that's going to cost both these governors a lot. And it's going to cost Republicans a lot. You know, Brian asked me, do you really think the Democrats are going to win the House? Because a lot of people think that's going to be hard, not be possible. And I could be wrong. I understand those elections run differently than what we see in the Senate or in governor's races or even the presidential race. It's a much different situation. We know that gerrymandering is coming into play in the House elections. But I'm trying to look at just common sense something logical. None of these people in the Republican Party have done nothing to gain votes. Now, the Democrats held the House in 2020. What have they done in the past two years to get them more votes? The fact of the matter is, is what they've done is they've cost themselves votes. They're so outrageous. They're so much running rogue 
that people in the middle, the independents, the people they desperately need, or even reasonable-minded Republicans, can't stand with them. They might be able to whip up their base and get their votes, but there just isn't enough of them. I mean, I could be wrong. I've told you that. I'm fully capable of being wrong, but I just don't see how the Republicans win the Senate or the House. They would have had to do something to gain votes, and they have done nothing. Anything that was good that happened in the last two years, they voted against. Anything that's working for people in this country, they voted against. What did they want to do? They want to do nothing. They want to do nothing for the people of this country. So why in the world would people want to fucking vote for them? I do not get it. I'll stand by what I said. I think the Democrats will win the House. I think they will win the Senate. And in the process, there's going to be a lot of Republican motherfuckers going down with the J6 committee, the January 6th uh, grand jury, Georgia, New York, what have you, the documents. There's just too much shit hanging over their head. They'd have to do some kind of miracle to make them look good. They do not look good. They are not good. They are the enemies of this democracy, enemies of this country, and they are an enemy to each and every one of us who elect these people with the intention of them serving us. They are not serving us. They have never served us. And it's time we wake up, recognize that, and get those motherfuckers out of office. They are a waste of space, a waste of skin, and they are robbing us in the process. You want to vote for that? Well, then you're a dumb motherfucker. I'm sorry to say that, but you have to be absolutely ridiculously stupid to even consider voting for a Republican. Or you're evil. It could be that, too. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.